when I read today's lessons, I was struck by the theme they share, that God is promising a new life, a new relationship with us, and a new way of seeing ourselves in relationship to God and to the world. Jeremiah is chosen as a prophet, and like Isaiah before him, protests to Yahweh that he can't do it. He can't be the spokesman for the Lord because he's too young, too inarticulate, too lacking in experience or wisdom. God says, don't worry, I'll be with you, tell you exactly what to do and say. And then the writer of the letter to the Hebrews reminds them that they're facing a new world. Not the old world of limits and fear, but a new world where God dwells and innumerable angels sing and where they will receive a kingdom that cannot be shaken. They will be led into a new life, guided and protected by the power and love of God. And in Luke's gospel today, it shows us a shift of values revealed by Jesus as he heals a woman on the Sabbath and with righteous anger tells those who object to his working on the Sabbath that human life and well-being are more important than the old law. You would lead your livestock to water on the Sabbath, yet you're saying this woman cannot be healed on the Sabbath? You are hypocrites. In each instance, something new is happening to change the relationship between people and their God. And in each instance, the change is empowering to the men and women involved, and power seems to be transferred from the old to the new, from the strict law of limitations and obedience to the new law of empowerment and love. These are the simple bones of the lessons today, but what can they illustrate for us and how can they guide us as we move out of today's worshiping community into the world of work and family and the larger community? Like Jeremiah, we may all experience a time when we're on the brink of great change or facing the expectation of others that we accomplish something we've never tried before or being required or requested to take the lead when we feel uncertain and wish it were somebody else's job. But if we realize that we have strengths and competencies untested, then a clarity of purpose and trust in the faith of love can often carry us beyond what we've tried before. God will be with us. We all may have a chance to say, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't realize I would be able to meet that challenge. Now, we won't all, obviously, hear a voice from heaven telling us to become the spokesperson for Yahweh, but we need to have confidence in the love of God and of our own strengths and commitments. Something that can strengthen us is just what we're doing here today, gathering in community, to give thanks together as a family and receiving the strengthening power of the body and blood of Christ. When we go out of the service, charged to go in peace to love and serve the Lord, what is being bestowed on us is the confidence to do what we must do. The letter to the Hebrews, often rather abstract, is in today's reading more particular, for we're promised as followers of the Christ a new world. And that 
new world is intangible. It cannot be touched, but the power of our new commitment to Christ and his commitment to us will empower us. We are required to provide in return an acceptable worship, and that is defined as giving thanks to God. When we're here today to celebrate the Eucharist, it's important to remember that the very word means thanksgiving. In modern Greek, the simple everyday word for thank you echoes the ancient Greek term. So before you go to Greece, learn to say evkaristo. We learned several important things from today's gospel. First, I was struck by the fact that Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. He has moved, apparently, from just being handed a scroll so he could read the lesson and is now recognized as a teacher, a rabbi, not just a literate member of the congregation. This is a tantalizingly brief suggestion that his ministry has evolved, but we learn nothing more about that here. The appearance of the woman with a deformed back is also rather casually introduced. And another unusual aspect of this healing is that Jesus calls her over to him. Most often, as you know, those in need call out to Jesus for help. But Jesus seems to know exactly what he's going to do and what use he's going to make of the experience, so he calls to her. And when she's been healed, the leader of the synagogue was angry because Jesus had healed her on the Sabbath instead of one of the other six days of the week. And Jesus' temper is aroused. He calls the traditionalists hypocrites. You may recall that in another synagogue appearance, the members of the congregation were angry with Jesus and tried to run him out of town or over a cliff. But this time they rejoice because of the miracle. Jesus' world is changing as he changes the perception of what is good and acceptable to God. I've personally been going through an interesting parallel to these lessons of accepting the changing world and the changing world of faith. As many of you know, I've been undergoing some eye surgeries. I've had laser treatment in both eyes for glaucoma, and I've had more invasive surgery in my left eye. And my vision will be better, the doctor assures me, but at present I have no glasses that I can see clearly with, including these, actually. A drugstore generic set of Polaroid lenses allows me to drive safely, at least safely so far. <laughs> These old computer glasses allow me to read, sort of. I've printed this in larger type than usual. And I'm uh, experimenting with several levels of Waldron reading glasses with minimal success. Anne Louise Hiho said she had about 12 players if I wanted to try them. My new lenses are promised next Friday. And all the metaphors for seeing are playing themselves out for me. One of my students from India told me some years ago that my name, Nayan, in Hindi means sight or insight. So I'm waiting even now for that transformation. <laughs> we all find ourselves in a changing world. Recall that our church relies for guidance on scripture, tradition, and reason arising from experience. 
And we can see in today's lessons from Scripture that the people undergoing the events in these stories are being changed, as is the world they live in. We should strive to renew our ways of dealing with the world, with other people, with our own challenges, with the way we participate in society. Don't be afraid of change. Strive to renew your own life. Keep what serves life and love. Let go of what keeps you from being the best person you can be. Like Jeremiah, trust that God will be with you. Like the recipients of the letter to the Hebrews, move forward to the peace of a loving God. And with the witnesses of Jesus' healing ministry, rejoice that the rules that required only obedience and fear of reprisal may be replaced by the rules of compassion and loving kindness. May you move into true newness of life by giving thanks for Christ's love. Amen. Amen.